many of you would have heard me say that different times, that, you know, it's a entrepreneurship or, you know, and the stadium thing, but entrepreneurship is an endeavor that, uh, and investing also, that, you know, you could be wrong most of the time. You could be wrong most of the time. And so long as your, the order of magnitude of your correctness outweighs the order of magnitude of your failures, you, know, you still call that person a multimillionaire. Yeah. Some of those people are billionaires. So, so long as your, again, the order of magnitude of your correctness outweighs the order of magnitude of your cumulative failures, you, know, you, you might be a multi-billionaire someday. It'd be very, you know, rather common that a person who's a multi-millionaire would have a story like that. So I'd say more common than not, most of them would have a story like that. You know, only 21% only of millionaires inherited that money. Most of them were self-made. Only 21% of millionaires inherited significant money. And I believe it's only 3% inherited a million dollars or more. So, you know, even the ones that got some money, um, you know, they had seed capital that many people didn't. But, you know, a lot of those people just go fuck it up furthermore. So, you know, mo most people that get a million dollars or more, which, you know, a million dollars ain't shit. Is A million dollars is, can you buy a lot of property where you live for a million dollars? No. So... You know, below average something maybe, I'm not sure. Depends what area exactly, yeah. but um, you know, plenty of properties down there are you know, more than $10 million properties. You know, many properties down there are 10 million plus. So, um, you know, a million dollars is a great foundation that you're, now you're doing something, you know? Kind of where things start in my mind. That's why I, I, that's why I say all the time, you know, if I talk to the public, that you know, I, I don't want you know, a client that if your goals are so small, you know, if you think million dollars is just unattainable, like I'd like to work with a client that's thinking about a million dollars or more. If they're, if they're thinking about smaller numbers than that, they must not have much confidence in themselves and they're probably not going to do much, you know? So uh, I don't mean they got to have a million dollars yet, you know? But um, when I was a child, when I was a child, I had billions of dollars in mind and I think... Um, that's the type of person that we want in our mastermind, or type of people that we want in our group anyway. So, you know, a million dollars buy you a studio apartment in Harlem. Can't even live in Manhattan. It'd be a, a piece of shit studio apartment in Harlem. Or, you know, a piece of shit place or a very okay place in San Francisco. What can you buy for a million dollars in San Francisco? Not sure. It's like a, like a decent studio. Could you even get like a, like a nice one bedroom? Yeah, nice one bedroom. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, aim higher. If that sounds like a lot of money to any of you, is well, yeah, aim higher. Just figure out how can I get that first million as soon as possible. That the second one comes a lot quicker. And you know, if you had two, you'd be thinking about three or five very soon. If you had five, you'd be thinking about ten or more real soon. And you know, it's easier to to add those on as you go. I mean, I, I'll, I'll break down the the smartness to. You know, a couple of categories is, you know, some of that's IQ and, you know, a lot of that's hereditary. And I, I do have a very good IQ. Some people got a higher IQ than I, but, you know, maybe a couple of people in this room do. Um, but uh, I had a very good IQ. But I also think there's a lot of high IQ people that are probably homeless, literally. Because, you know, the, the subset of high IQ individuals who didn't work, who didn't want to work hard, they just kind of coasted because they could and they never did tough things because they could get by in school without doing tough things and still, you know, 
maintain or still do above average even relative to other people that were working harder. Uh, I think when, when those people have a, a crisis situation, they don't tend to cope with it very well. And I, I literally, I, I, I'm not sure if there's studies on it or not. I've never looked into the studies, but I'm really, I feel quite certain inside that there's some homeless people out there that were born high IQ individuals and didn't do shit with it. So I don't think IQ enough is, I don't think it means shit. It's great. If you're gonna have a child and you had to decide, do I want my child to have a high IQ or a low IQ that, you know, before political correctness, and I'm not saying these terms to be controversial, like these are the terms that the psychologists, the doctors of psychology used as industry normative language. But you know, a, a, an IQ is an index that 100 is a, you know, the, the median number and um, mean number. And you know, if you had a 15, standard deviation 15 on the, the old school test, you know, if the, that, that IQ of 60 is a person that's gonna have a hard time you know, uh, maintaining their hygiene. It's gonna have a hard time functioning in the world, you know? And um, so that's one element of it. So I had, I had a good IQ. I, I took the test twice. I had a 136 and a 139. So um, a, a, a point or four under that genius. Um, the other part of that that I think is equally or more important is uh, if you don't go do something, you know, it's, and I, 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 never, I, I, I don't say this for marketing or something, like I don't take a day off. In my leisure time, so think of, since I landed in Vegas, I landed like 10 p.m. on Tuesday, I guess. And actually I landed about midnight because my flight was delayed. I was supposed to land at 10 p.m. on Tuesday. And since I've been in Vegas, what did I do? I did my weekly webinar on Wednesday that, you know, we did our business talk. I came met with you folks. You know, I went to sleep late, woke up early, did another public talk, come met with you folks. I went to sleep late, woke up early, went and looked at malls, did research on my, you know, on the ground field research on my investments, did the same thing today, you know. And tomorrow I'll spend the day here talking about, you know, we'll talk about boot camp things for the, the first three hours from one till four. And anybody that's on a business program or a mastermind, you know, anybody that has been on a business program or is scheduled to be on a business program, I'll stay here till eight or later. You know, we'll talk about money and success and how to get more money and how to have the sort of lives that we'd like to have. And I'll just do that very casually. That's not a structured thing. It'll be very casually, whatever, whatever those business people want to talk about, I'd be happy to do that in person. I don't have to do that. You know, I don't have to stay late. The bootcamp schedule says I get out of here at 1.30 in the morning. You know, I was, I don't know, I don't know what, what time were do we, what time was your Uber last night? It's about 3.45? Three yeah. I think it's about 3.45 if you look at your phone a bit. Well, your phone's there, but it's about four o'clock yeah, by the time. Right about it, yeah. We got dropped off here, I think it was right at four o'clock. I think it was 3.58 when I got dropped off here at the end of the night. So, you know, I got off at one, th I got off at 1.30, but um, I want to be in the mix of things, you know? So, uh, I, I didn't, it's not, again, it's not a bit of an exaggeration. Like, I don't take a day off ever. I might go look at three malls in the day and three more, and it's not that that was hard work, but my brain is still very active. I'm like, I'm counting the stores as I walk through each facility, and I could tell you, and you could go fact check it. At Caesars Forum Shops, there's exactly one vacancy in the whole building right now. Uh, SPG owns that. 
at the Meadows Mall over there, there's 14 vacancies in the building right now. Uh, Brookfield Properties owns that. At um, the mall across the street, um, actually I didn't count that one. The mall across the street is also managed by Brookfield and it's, you know, I, I think there's one, maybe there's two uh, vacancies in, you know, of a 200 or so store complex, you know? So, and it's not that I need to know the precise number, that it's just that I want to know in my head that when, I, when, you, when you go look at the, the media articles that tell you the retail apocalypse, the death of retail, and, uh, you know, CNBC the other day, Tuesday or Wednesday, did I send you that image? I sent it to somebody. Did I send you the fucking... Yeah, I'll show it to you right now. What day is that CNBC uh, uh, news clip where they talked about the, the top four retailers of the last couple of months? That was last day of the month. So, um, two-month performance. Here, take this and you take a look at it and interpret that for the, for the group. These are like top retailers of the last two months ending December 31st. What are the top three? What are the, before he says it, what are the retailers I've been talking about on the Markets Mastery program? Simon Group, Nordstrom, Macy's. Macy's. Retailers, right? Retailers. Kohl's. Say all three. Okay, exactly. Simon is a mall REIT. It's, a, it's not technically a retailer. They're the mall that the retailers pay rent to. So Mace Rich and Simon are mall REITs. The three retailers I've been talking about, say them again. Macy's, Nordstrom, Kohl's. What are the top three on that list? Number one, Nordstrom's up 166%. Number two, Kohl's up 94.5%. Number three, Macy's up 92%. And number four, Target that's up 15 percent. So, what was target 15 or 15? 15. 15. That's so you, you, you can't make that shit up. No. So, uh, I don't know. I don't, uh, I've been wrong about plenty of things in life, I'm gonna be wrong about plenty of more things, but you can't make that shit up. It's like, you know, when, when you're buying those, when the fucking Nordstrom, a bit over two months ago, um, and my Fidelity account, you know, I have a couple different brokerage accounts, but in Fidelity, it was rated 0.1 out of 10. Not one out of 10, 0.1 out of, it's like the worst rating you could give a fucking company. 0.1 out of 10. And I'm publicly telling people, I think Nordstrom's gonna do real good. <laughs> And it's like 40, it's over 40% short sold and it's rated 0.1. And then you look at this two months later and said top performing companies of the last two months, Nordstrom up 166%, you know? And, then the, and, and you say, well, that's a fluke, Derek. All right, are the other two a fluke too? Are the other two a fluke too when you pick three out of three? So, you know. <laughs> and then, then you go to the internet and some guy that's broke some guy with a negative net worth say, it's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> I, I, I think you have to, to so I, if I could give some pragmatic bullet points to be helpful to you and helpful to them, is um, I think you have to have a sincere curiosity that, you know, you, you have to go, you want to go explore it from every angle, 
and you know, to, to such an extent, to be great at it, it has to be more than just discipline. That even a good German, they only have so much. You know, it's you're still a human, you know. And the Germans are light years ahead of the rest of the humans. That, you know, they're it, regarding they're more disciplined. There's a lot more structure, a lot more discipline. Sometimes that gets in the way of your entrepreneurial things because you got a lot of rules you're supposed to follow. A good German's supposed to follow all these rules, and sometimes you got to look at the rules and be like, no, fuck that. It's like no, I'm not. No, I'm not uh, abiding by that rule. So like, you know, no, that doesn't make sense. I'm not doing it. You know, so you know, a lot of Swiss people or German people or Austrians, which are some of my favorite people in Europe, uh, but a lot of them are they're disciplined. They're going to be on time. They keep their word. They're reliable, but then they sometimes forget. Even though they logically know, like, I think this rule is bullshit, but they still are like, but I guess I'm supposed to follow the structure. So. I'll abide by it anyway, and that gets in the way of the entrepreneurial stuff sometimes. So, you know, think of both sides of that. Um, but the, you know, the main point I'd make is, you don't have enough discipline to make yourself go do all these things. Like, you have to have a sincere curiosity that, like, um, I want to read the analyst reports, and I also want to go there in real life. And when I go there, by the way, I go talk to all the store not all, I go talk to two or three store clerks. I make it. I can make a promise to myself ahead of time because I might not feel like it. Then, in every store that I go to that I own, I'm going to talk to at least two store clerks. So you know, and for bonus, I talked to some people at J.C. Penney today because Simon bought J.C. Penney, and I want to see what the fuck is going on with J.C. Penney. Um, so you know, you got to go ask them, and then you got to speak in their language, which sometimes is hard to do. You got to, you'd be like, well. If I was so stupid that I had to really use all my willpower just to keep my heart beating, um, and I was a 60-year-old store clerk, you know, how do you talk to that person in a relatable way to, to get... They don't know shit about the business even though they're there. They don't know... Let me say it differently. They don't know that they know a lot about the business because they don't know shit about business in general. So you've got you to gotta really think about the type of question you ask them. Because if you just if you ask an old lady, um, you know, hey, how are sales? You know, she might just give a polite. Depends on your vocal tonality. Depends on a lot of things. Like to get the, to the truth of the matter, you might have to ask a question three or four different ways. You know, it's like, you know, oh, how are how are sales going? Um, and you know, you, you, in the, it might even be contradictory ways. You're like, I heard things are doing pretty well for the holiday season, and then she might agree with that. And then you might want to fact check that and be like. I heard some stores are really struggling, and this store particularly did really awful. You know, is, is that true too? And she might agree with that too. <laughs> and then you got to be like, well, is she just being agreeable with me? And I can't trust the information of this person because it's like a store clerk that's just like she's just going to go along and like with the vibe of whatever somebody's saying, without you know logic. So you can say, you know, what are your thoughts about sales? You know, uh, you know, you've been here for a few years. You know, you've been here 21 years. What are your thoughts about sales versus previous Christmases? Um, you know, you see, in you see, in many people coming out. And if you can say it in a more, I found it's useful to ask in a little bit more gloomy way, and see if I'll tell you an optimistic story. You know, or if you can look around and make an assessment about inventory that, you know, has the place been shopped hard and the inventory is low, and then is that a supply chain issue? Because it was a few months ago. Is that a supply chain issue, or is that uh, uh, an indication of success that? That they've had a great holiday season and they're low on inventories because Christmas just happened and New Year's just happened and people are still here shopping, you know. 
So, you know, I got I to gotta ask those things a lot of different ways. And kind of what you were saying about some of his attention to detail, you got to think about the things like that. Like, if you just read an analyst report, it's criminal what they put in these analyst reports. It's criminal. They should go to fucking prison for what they write in these reports. These assholes are English majors. They don't even know anything about business. Go look at the disclosures. The first thing I do when I look at an analyst report, I look at the disclosure. They just this asshole, are they even betting money on what they're talking about here? Because they'll say, oh, it's such a great stock, it's going to take off, and you know, it has room to go up 80% or 300%. You look at the disclosures, they don't even own any. If they bought one fucking share, they could put in the disclosure that they own the stock. If they spent 100 bucks, they could put in the disclosure that they own the stock. You think the stupid bastard would be smart enough to spend the 100 bucks? You think it'd be good for his career if he spent the 100 bucks so he could have more credibility in the fucking disclosures? Right? Or they, they talk about shorting a stock, and they, they say, oh, what we you know, I slash we have no positions, blah, blah, blah. So they'll tell you a stock's a piece of shit, and it's about to go bankrupt, and you know, it has no future except eternal damnation. And then you read the disclosure and says, you know, I slash we you know, have no positions in blah, 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 blah. Are you supposed to trust that person's opinion, good or bad? If they, if they wouldn't bet 100 bucks on, on their profession, on an article that they clearly spent days writing the article, some of these are well articulated, and they wouldn't spend 100 bucks to bet on their own judgment, you know? So what does that tell you about the validity of the fucking articles, you know? So what, what, what they do is almost criminal. It should be criminal. It should be criminal to, to have to this strong rhetorical language and then they don't even fucking you know they don't put their money where their mouth is on it so you know and, and you go look at these it's 80 percent of them they don't even own the shit they're talking about they're not even betting on their on the on the position they're publicly very opinionated about good or bad so you got to want to do that and i'm just talking about investment right now and i might intersperse it with the entrepreneurial things but you got to go do that you got to go read the balance sheets and financial statements read all the disclosures Read all the fucking you know quarterly statements, annual statements. Listen to the fucking conference calls if you're, if you want to, and um, you know then you got to read the footnotes. We talked about accounting yesterday just a little. That all the evil is in the footnotes because they make these assumptions in the numbers, and then you got to go look at the phone footnotes and be like, oh I you know I see where they hid this here and they hid that there and this is bullshit. This is bullshit. That's questionable. If they hit it here for this quarter, then you, know, you could have either surprisingly good news or surprisingly bad news next quarter, depending on how they manipulate that. And it is manipulated. So you know, there's a lot of things in, in that. And then, go, then again, when you go travel somewhere in your leisure time, you want to go, to go on the ground and talk to store clerks and store managers and understand what's happening, you know? And go look at the stores. So you know, that's, that's how I made those three picks. You go look at the parking lot, you go look at the store, you think through the demographic, who is, who's the customer here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but it's not like those are the only three retailer stocks. I could have picked a lot of other retailers. So to pick out three out of three is exceptional. Could I do that consistently? No. But how much of that was luck versus, was that just stupid luck? Could you accidentally just, nobody could accidentally just do that. So, you know, I got, you know, was there, is there a luck component? Could I pick three out of three consistently for the rest of it? No, no, nobody could. But there's, it's a hell of a coincidence that that wouldn't just happen accidentally, you know. But that's how I'm thinking about a lot of those things. And, um, you know, the girl I was with earlier made a comment like that, that, uh, 
she said, you know, you, you got to be brilliant and have big balls to do what I did last year to, you know, bet a large chunk of your net worth on these things that people say are 0.1 out of 10, you know, and then go publicly talk to a bunch of very smart people and tell them, I think this is going to happen. Because just like your friends, you know, plenty of other people would think, like, this guy is out of his fucking mind. So plenty of other people would think, and, and, you know, based on, based on their life experience and based on them trusting experts, you know, that's, from their perspective, from their worldview, that's a very reasonable decision to be like, this, is, this guy is insane. Something's wrong with him, you know? So, yeah. I don't know, I, I think um, brain power is not enough and discipline is not enough. Like, you have to have a sincere curiosity of like how the pieces fit together and you kind of obsessively think about it, you know? And you got to think about why you're wrong. You got to think, well, you know, if I was wrong, why would I be wrong? If something got fucked up, what would it be? And your brain will try to tell you the same answer repetitively. If you ask yourself the same question, pretty soon you'll start giving yourself the same answer. And then you're just giving an affirmation to whatever your previous agreed to position was internally. So then you got to ask yourself, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself the question six different ways, you know. If I was a dumbass, what might I be wrong about? You know, if, if, uh, if, uh, if my five-year younger self was looking at this situation, what might he have been wrong about? Because your ego will get in the way. You don't want to admit that you could be wrong. So then you can say, oh, if I was five years younger, how might I be wrong then? Which will probably inform you about how you're wrong today. <laughs> but a guy's ego gets in the way of those things. So you got to play a lot of little, little games with yourself, you know. Um, if I cloned myself and somebody who was not me but thought like me was looking at this, how would he get it wrong? So I see you're laughing because you, you're recognizing those little silly egoic things in your own head, yeah? So, no, I, I have to do a lot of little things like that. And, uh, and sometimes you're just wrong anyway. But, you know, you know, the order of magnitude of your successes outweigh the order of magnitude of your failures. You know, you can be quite a baller later, so. And I, I think that's a brief version. I think it's a brief version, but uh, discipline's not enough, and innate brain power is not enough. There's a lot of losers out there with a good IQ. They don't do anything with it. So, you, you, the IQ is great. If you don't, if you, if you didn't have that, then you didn't have it. You go make the best. You know, I'd rather I'd rather have a business partner that was extremely disciplined. He's going to show up on time. He's going to do tough things. He has high integrity. I take that over 15 IQ points. Standard deviation in IQ versus a guy that's just like, I'm going to wake up and do whatever it takes. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to learn a couple things during the day. I'm going to go to bed smarter. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And I'm going to work hard again. And we're going to chip away at it. Much rather have a business partner that's like that than a guy that's you know normal, not even lazy, but normal, and had an extra 15 IQ points. Much rather have the guy that's just, you know? So that's a much bigger advantage, in my opinion. Much bigger advantage. And it helps to be optimistic and cheery, like I am. Um, which I mean halfway as a joke, but one of my friends said years ago that he called me, he's like, you know, Derek, you're a grumpy optimist. He's like, you are an optimist, but you're a grumpy optimist. And I, I thought about that and I'm like, I think that's true, yeah. That I'm always a little grumpy or disgruntled or willing to be a little confrontational, but, but I am generally an optimist inside about most things. So, uh, it, 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 and back to the thought loops that we talked about earlier, Somebody made a comment regarding Travis's uh, word clouds. Is, uh, 
I mean, if you're sitting around telling yourself, you know, if you just have an awful internal self-talk, it's not really helping you. But you should also hit your, your self-talk should be harsh enough that if you're being a little bitch, you should also tell yourself, hey, you know, time to stop being a little bitch today. You know, get up, you know, pretend you're a big boy. I do that to myself sometimes still. Still today, I still, you know, a little mocking language to myself sometimes in my own self-talk. Sometimes I even say it aloud. Pretend you're a big boy and get up now. Go do the thing you're supposed to do like a big boy. And then you laugh at yourself a little bit and then you go do the thing. And you know, immediately, as soon as your body starts to move and take action, you, you feel happy again that now you're doing something. But I think every productive person has that little, has that judgmental voice in their own head. They say, no, time to get the fuck up and do the thing like a big boy. Maybe different words, but similar thought. You have that for sure, yeah? Yeah, I think many of us, yeah. Yeah. So all, all this nonsense about just, you know, positivity and positive, it's just bullshit. It's like, you know, you don't want to have excessively negative thoughts. But there should also be enough, you know, self-judgmentalism to be like, you know, all right, am I, am I really doing the best I could do today? I will get the fuck up and go do a little bit better, you know? Go do a little bit better. And one more that might help you and others here is, I played a game with myself for a long, long time, where before bed, every day, every day before bed, I say, what else can you do? One more thing. I always make myself do two other little things that you're really exhausted or you're, you know, you did more than any mere mortal would do. And if you just play a little game with yourself, it's just like one more thing. What's one thing I got to do tomorrow that I could just do it right now? And then what's another one? Let's just knock out those two more little somethings that you could do it tomorrow. Everybody else you know would do it tomorrow. Your supervisor, your mentor, everybody in your life, they'd just do it tomorrow. And if you just make that commitment to yourself, just, just one more little thing. What's one more little thing I could do today? It doesn't have to be huge. You know, 10 minute email. Some little something, you know? So one more little thing that I, I got to do it tomorrow. Let me just get it done tonight instead. Just do two of those before you go to bed. See if you don't feel better about yourself. Not that you feel bad, but just any, anybody that does that, you know, anybody that does that, you start feeling proud of yourself that you probably already did more than anybody else was going to do. And then if you just did that, you just, one, one more something. What else could I do? Let me do that. What else? One more. All right, let me do that too. Does that make sense? Yeah. That sounds so simple. If you, know, if you remember nothing else I said and you just did that, you'd be so thankful that you know, you'd, you'd thank me. More importantly, you'd thank yourself. You, you, that would change your life. And I know you're already doing weight. You're going to do great anyway. But that would change your life if you did that, if two more little things before bed. If you did that every day for, imagine doing that for decades.